welcome to the Firefly Creatrix podcast. For this first series, I'm going to be exploring creativity from different aspects, using a different theme and topic to talk around each episode. Um, So you'll just hear my voice for this series, but let's see what comes next. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. And I'm looking forward to hearing any feedback and jumping into the conversations. See you there. Okay, so I started trying to record other topics about this kind of creative creatrix energy. um, And it didn't feel right. And I kept getting tongue-tied and my words wouldn't come out. And it just didn't feel quite right, even though I... journaled and I'd written down a list of the topics that I want to talk about and I still want to talk about those topics and then it kind of hit me in the face that the reason (laughs) that those topics weren't working yet is because I haven't broached maybe my biggest um, theme and subject within this kind of creative world and creative dance with my life is perfectionism. (laughs) (laughs) which I mentioned in the introductory episode. And perfectionism is something, as I said, and will probably say many times, that I believe I will be reckoning with and um, making trysts with for my whole life. And it is, it's a thing. It's a, it's, yeah, it's something to to really honour, actually. And it's taken a while for, for me to be able to say that in, yeah, with, with kind of gratitude and with, yeah, reverence for what it's teaching me and has taught me. Because perfectionism is, perfectionism and creativity don't really go together. And yet, I've been creative my whole life as we as I mentioned before Uh, I I consider that um to be true for myself and yet perfectionism has not always been there but it's something that has grown um over time and obviously unconsciously not something that I woke up one day as a child and was like right (laughs) I want to be perfect today but it's something that that our society really values and sells as um, a commodity, as something to aim for, as something that's going to bring a sense of wholeness to our lives. And I'm going to try not to speak in we and our and you. I'm going to try and speak from my unique perspective. So, yes, I don't really, I don't have a day or a year, or even a a time that I can say that perfectionism arrived into my life. I'm guessing it had something to do with school and, you know, all of the other influences that we have growing up, family, um, society, friends, comparing. Comparison is something that we're naturally going to do. It's something that humans are able to do. Um, I'm not sure that animals can. I don't know that scientifically, but I don't feel like animal. Uh, one tiger looks at another tiger and is like, I'm jealous because you've got 
a better looking friend than me. <laughs> um, but humans can. Humans have this ability to compare. And there are benefits to that. There are beautiful things about being able to compare and being able to um, weigh things up against each other. And yet it has become out of control. Um, or it has, And it has been out of control for me at times within my creative history. And of course, because creativity became something that I studied um, ac- academically, although yeah, for me the words academic and creative don't necessarily gel, <laughs> they don't feel like they organically go together. Um, yeah, it, it, it became commodified. So I had to commodify my creativity to be able to show up in an academic setting, to study at graphic design at A-level, to study photography at A-level, to study then a graphic design degree. So naturally within those environments, you see what other people are doing on a day-to-day basis, you see the results that they and the um, the impact that they, that they have on tutors or other people of influence within that structure, that infrastructure of of a of a degree of a some kind of educational setting. And yeah, it really it really landed for me this idea of there being a right and a wrong and I think that's very much connected to my perfectionism um and of course (laughs) there is no right and wrong I mean within something like maths or something that we, we can really quantify maybe there is a right and a wrong I mean there is but with it something like creativity you're I I basically handed over my judgment to somebody because I was paying for an education. And yet within that education, I had to turn off some of or modify and edit some of my organic um, innate, I would say innate. I don't know if it is innate or if it's something that I developed as a child but my organic um approach to creativity um and it's interesting that I keep using the word organic because that was something that at university um I would get taken the mickey out of a little bit because I always wanted to work on the projects that were organic (laughs) and ethical and um not so much for social change at that time because there wasn't it was a packaging design particularly a packaging design course and so those things something like social change wasn't really on the menu as such but at college I made my I made my kind of main project about a shoe company that was going to change the narrative change a narrative around children's shoes and give back at the same time so there was a sort of element of social change so again this is sliding into another topic which is definitely going to come up around my particular 
love and belief in the power of creativity to elevate certain um, quietened voices and to highlight sort of injustices within our societies. Um, but yeah, so that was that's a little side note which connects to that that kind of organic because that that wasn't taught to me. That was never taught. It was something that organically came during, at college that I, I, just, I didn't even question it. I did not even question it. In my media course at college, I um, knew that I wanted my magazine front cover to almost be a parody on on girls' magazines at the time, which were very um, derogatory and um, shaming around body size and different choices and that, that there really was a inverted commas right way to look and so yeah I made I made this magazine cover that was completely turning that on its head and made it and made that be something that was shamed or <laughs> something that was questioned whether that is the right you know that whether we want to be sheep whether we want to follow a crowd or whether we want to be unique and celebrate our individuality and our unique flavour that we bring to everything that we do. Again, I wouldn't have had those words at the time when I was 17, but it's what I was aiming for or what I was moving towards. And then, yeah, then getting into university, getting into a deeper deeper level, um, that it was was pretty cutthroat. It was pretty, um, it was, they were preparing us for industry and, and the industry is can be very hard and very single-minded and that's how people succeed or how and how people work their way up so again understanding why where that's come from and why and the the kind of conditioning that's um made that be something that is coveted to to be able to have the privilege to go to these courses that really hone down your ability to deal with that intense those intense situations and also to present work that is hopefully going to be accepted and celebrated rather than something that's going to be you know dismissed and of course within that within that structure someone like me this kind of I wasn't a shy kid I was just, I was pretty introverted. I still am. I love time by myself. I loved going into my own imagination, into my own world, creating whatever came to me, whatever came through me and not questioning whether it was right or wrong, just knowing that I enjoyed it and my enjoyment being the main focus because it wasn't connected to an achievement, a school a project or anything that was being judged by anyone outside of myself. But once I took that into an environment where I was being judged, then then the perfectionism started to come in. And so I would say, yeah, even having this conversation with myself <laughs> is helping and has, yeah, it, it's, it makes sense that that was where the perfectionism really started to, to seep its way in because it was a survival, it was a survival technique the same way that, um, as small children, we learn, I learned how to 
please the people around me. So that was that's the thing that I shared that I'm also a recovering people pleaser. I, as a child, learned how to please people and to get the attention that I wanted, that I needed to feel loved and to probably manipulate people as well. Um, manipulate my family to get what I wanted to get my own way um, and I, and that's a, that's an addiction that's that's addictive and the same in the same way perfectionism is because once I had a few responses of work that I maybe wouldn't have done or presented but it got a great response and that was that rush of endorphins of dopamine of oh my gosh like this is what I'm here for this is what I'm here to do this is the response I want that means I'm getting the attention that I need that means I'm going to be successful and I'm going to be accepted into this industry that I so want to be a part of so again hindsight I can see how easy that was for me to to go down that you know go down that hill and once a few bits of a few bits of praise came in, then, you know, the snowball <laughs> grows pretty fast and gets gets much bigger, much quicker. And I almost, I suppose I indoctrinated myself into that because it was what I wanted. So, and it was a survival technique and there's nothing wrong about any of these things. The thing now is that I get to unravel it, to unpack it, to question it. And with the knowledge that I now have, the more open mind that that I have now, and also the kind of ability and the understanding, the kind of embodied understanding of the of the power of connecting to that um, innate wisdom, that kind of deep knowing within me that creativity was something that I was destined to do and destined to kind of get joy from there's that's that's a that's a big question that's a big um yeah where's the joy and I write on my website joy is my main currency because yes money is necessary and yeah it's it's a it's a form of currency and it's a form of exchange and it's very you know it's what we use to trade and that's great and I also know that if I don't have the joy then the work that I produce is not going to be what represents me and I'm unlikely to connect with people who are aligned with me and to and who understand what I'm doing because I'm actually what I was doing and what I have done in the past is to create work that doesn't represent what I stand for because I was getting paid for it and that was great you know I got paid (laughs) that was that was the aim and now it's this deeper question of but why why am I doing it where's the joy what do I feel what do I feel great about where is the compromise and they obviously yeah I always that's a a question that I go through with myself is where where do I not mind compromising where am I hard nose right now what's a non-negotiable 
what are my values, which there are some standard, some values that really um, are very much ingrained. But then there's others that are maybe flexible at different points um, over the last few years. That's that's kind of, there's this sort of flex, this, um, the dance on top of the, of the ground that is the non-negotiable values. I'm going off on a tangent or <laughs> into more conceptual um, into more conceptual talk but yeah so the perfectionism is an interesting one to unravel because even yet as I was recording these previous like trials and I was happy to have trials I was happy to play around with recording the podcast seeing what feels good to speak and but also I noticed that I was trying to speak in a certain way that was um in my mind, not going to alienate people and not going to trigger people. And obviously, I'm not here to deliberately try and trigger people, but I also have, I'm sure, a way of speaking that is not for everybody. And that's okay. Um, and when I get into this mindset of my work and what I stand for needs to appeal to everybody, then I spread myself too thin and my expectations become sky high and then I can become a rabbit in headlights. So yeah, it's really interesting. Even the process of creating the podcast is a different medium of creativity. It's still creativity. Um, so yeah, do I think perfectionism is... Um, common within the creative industry yes do I think everyone who is creative struggles with perfectionism no it it in my mind in my experience and the people that I've come across on my path it kind of depends how you got here how creativity came came to you and, and what your expectations what expectations were given to you and also what you chose to buy into <laughs> and in that way I'm not um cutting myself down vices by acknowledging that I bought into this idea that there was a yes and a no within the creative world because that was my path that was how I got into this this world and I would never change that and it's now asking myself what what do I want and therefore it actually ends up giving my clients the opportunity to ask for what they want. So yeah, that's been a really interesting journey is that I I then I then break I, I then been able to break down the process and have it, you know, people people like to ask me what what is the process? And, you know, I always say it's, ne it's never the same. It's never, ever the same with any client, with any two clients. Everyone has their unique journey and the needs of a project are always different. So some, sometimes it will look one way and sometimes it will look completely, completely, completely different. And again, earlier in my kind of self-employed journey, I would have said, I would have been worried that I don't have a formula. I don't have something that people can understand. 
or that I and, and that I can explain clearly. And now I don't mind. Now that's part of what makes the idea of illuminating different people's brilliance and different people's magic so perfect is that how on earth can I illuminate someone's magic in the same way twice when they're completely different, their needs are completely different, what they offer is completely different and how they've got to where they are is completely different and it's bringing in that permission to be imperfect, to change the rules. <laughs> I mean, I generally at the beginning of the process will set rules out or not rules. I will I will suggest a rhythm of how the project might unfold so that the so that someone who maybe hasn't worked with a designer before might understand how what what they're going to get and when and then what their role will be in that process because it is a collaboration it's never it's never someone just gives me something and I just hand them a finished thing back you know it's there's there's it's always a a dance it's a collaboration a co-creation um so yeah I set I set that out but then then we have the permission to it, it's almost like that becomes a container that becomes the 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 space the building that we can then play inside um and we work we work to create something that works for both of us again within my perfectionism my personal brand of perfectionism I'll use the word brand there but that's maybe maybe it feels more apt for perfectionism um is because it's con combined with the people pleasing is that I am likely to put others needs before mine and yeah neg negate my own time or my own kind of things that I value over what a client needs or someone that I'm working with or someone that I'm collaborating with in some way and so that's been over the last few years been been a, something that I've really taken time and it's not comfortable but taken time to really notice when I'm doing that what is it that triggers me what is it that sets me off to start to leave myself behind and put others needs before me because my perfectionist brain is going into oh if they if they're happy if they're getting what they want or and if they the other in whatever way you know the, the other party um if 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 their needs are fulfilled then mine don't matter or mine are less important which is not true and that that translates you know people whether they know it or not people pick up on that people pick up on me in the past having and I'm sure I still do it now <laughs> it's a work in progress it's a journey but yeah they pick up on me having not having that kind of I guess respect for myself um and that yeah that can then manifest in different ways but and and but and also <laughs> that that has shown to me the different kinds of people that I'm now working with who can see 
that work that I'm doing for myself on myself to really honor my skill set and also honor my needs as a human and that again that sort of I guess I'd say inner child work that not that acknowledging that small small part of myself that just knows and she knows where she's going she knows what she's doing and she knows if she hears a brief she's not like oh I wonder what you know I wonder if they would mind if I did it my way or I wonder if they'd um what they would think if I do this thing that feels really good for me but maybe doesn't you know maybe it's not exactly what they asked for she wouldn't think that the little version of myself she would just do it she might still do an option uh, and there's always options within the work that I do but generally what I find is that when I do that when I work from my heart from from whatever is the intuitive thing that comes comes forth and it's always after a conversation I always find out the story behind the client behind the project behind the concept because to me that is so important I'm not very good at just you know, having a couple of emails and then just getting going. I need, I need, I love. That's what, you know, gets me fired up. That's what brings me joy is to understand the story because that's the magic. And I think that's going to be another tangent that I go down with the, with a, a podcast is to talk about story because, yeah, I mean, anyone that knows me and knows the work that I've done in Nepal it's all about the story behind the story and a lot of the projects that I share on the website are the same like it's there's a story behind how we got to that outcome there's a story behind how we know each other there's a story behind how we're connected there's a story behind how that connection has developed since we've worked together and and who I've met because of them and so for me, that's the stuff that's really, really exciting. Um, and this does connect with perfectionism because before, before I really acknowledged my perfectionism, I would have gone back into that mindset of, oh, but that's not how they do it. That's not how it's right. That's not how I should do it. According to industry standard, it's not so much about the people who are working in the office you know, with the clients in the client's office, it's about, you know, a load of statistics or what they need to portray to their consumers to hopefully get the results that they want. It's not about the people and the feelings and the energy. And that's just not where I am anymore. There's nothing, you know, again, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that stuff. It's just I honour where I'm at, what makes me feel good, and in turn, that allows me to honour where my clients are at. And generally, the feedback that I get is that they feel good, they feel seen, they feel like their stories are heard, um, they feel like what the work that comes out really honours the journey that they've been on and the magic that they're now putting out into the world that does not mean that that design is going to work forever and it does not mean that design cannot evolve and cannot change because again that was something oh yeah that's a good I mean that's a good example the perfectionism 
within that industry that I went into so I was working in for five years was this this kind of pressure to produce a design that was timeless and that stood the test of time and this was within the packaging industry so looking at food packaging in particular I worked a lot on coffee I worked a lot on chocolate cosmetics and you're looking to create something that stands the test of time and that is not going to need to be redesigned in the next couple of years again because clients are looking for something that's yeah they're not going to have to pay for again (laughs) essentially but what that yeah what that does is 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 sort of what's the right word it deletes or just ignores the fact that life is change (laughs) and that yes of course we want to create something that is is capturing the creative magic of where you're at right now and look how how we can future proof that and how we can make sure that stands with your vision and your um dreams I like to call it talk about it more in that language nowadays about your dreams going forward and how that might look and at the same time if that if this magical design like elevates what you're doing to the point where you actually outgrow your dreams which is essentially what you know every dream that comes true we then move on to the next part of the dream it doesn't it's not like we just get to something that we really want to do again I'll speak in I I don't get to to the point you know where I've birthed something into the world that I really want and then I just I'm like right okay that's done (laughs) it's just not like that it it continues it continues to evolve I continue to evolve maybe because I birthed something into the world like for example stop breathe grow the previous iteration of my design work because just because that served its purpose for four four years yeah four years that doesn't mean that it failed just because I've relaunched myself as the Firefly Creatrix. That means it it elevated me. It 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 did its job. It gave me the position that I coveted, that I wanted for myself, so that I could portray myself in the way that felt good for that period, that era of my life. And now I step into this new, the new realm. Some people have a completely different path and they might use the same name um visual creative representation for a long much longer period of time that's absolutely perfect as well what i'm saying is that the emphasis on creating something timeless was really debilitating for me and seeing it almost as a a straitjacket as something that couldn't change And I always felt that, you know, life is an evolution. And I kind of now talk about it as incarnations and that I, my incarnation now is very different to the incarnation that I had when I was working in that industry 10 years ago. Both incarnations were absolutely aligned with where they were and they were in the right place for themselves. The incarnation that I have now is in its right place. (laughs) (laughs) and she's doing exactly what she needs to be doing 
Um, and my incarnation at, at in my early 20s was doing exactly what she needed to be doing. She was loving it. It was perfect. And when it was time to change, it was time to change. So I think, yeah, looking at that, at that evolution through even through my career just reiterates to me um, that for me and I guess for the maybe for the type of people that I relate that relate to me um, change is is a big part and growth and seeking and seeking to understand myself better seeking seeking to understand my processes better see all the all for all for the greater good all for my evolution and also for what I offer to be even more effective even to connect even better with the people that I want to connect with um yeah it just makes sense to me that design emulates that design has the power to evolve but it also has the power to completely change and visually completely change. And that's okay. That's part of the story behind the story. So yes, I have gone for, gone on for a little while and started to unpack this idea of perfectionism. What, I'm, what I think is going to be great about this initial series and focusing on different themes is that they all will thread together. I feel like it's creating it's going to create a little blanket over the time over the over the episodes because there will be a lot of what I talk about in the next few episodes that connects so clearly back into this perfectionist idea and it's all yeah it's 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 each thread is weaving into the next to create this blanket because as I say in the intro creativity is doesn't exist within a vacuum it's not this sep thing that's separate to everything else it's influenced by everything around it and so even the topics that I've chosen for these episodes don't and cannot do full justice to the huge huge numbers of influences um but they are the most important to me right now and so that's where that's that's what I can work with that's you know that's the that's the magic that's what I have to bring to the table right now so thank you for listening please do message email any any way that you want to get in touch if you have any thoughts any particular topics that you want me to address or hear about thank you see you soon thank you for listening today Please do follow the Firefly Creatrix on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube for more inspiring content.